Thank you for being with us this morning. It is truly a pleasure uh, to have our youth minister to come and share with us this morning out of God's Word. I hope you've been praying for him through the week. Uh, now's a good time to pray for him as well. Yeah, start now us? if you have. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, as we come to open up your word, oh, the life-giving flow that comes from your written word that came from the heart of God. Lord, amazing love you've showed to us so, so many times, even, even during these turbulent times of pandemic and just other things that people have going on in their life. Your amazing love has been so wonderful, real, comforting. And Lord, when we open up the pages of your word, that same love just envelops us, blankets us with your care. Lord, would you give Brother Jamie the words that he studied, things that you've placed in his heart and mind. Make it easy for him to bring those back. And dear Lord, you know what needs are here today. Lord, we don't know. When we come and we bring forth your word, it's, it's all up to your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just want to be your servant, so use this servant. Use him in the time that he spent with you, and then couple that with the Holy Spirit moving in hearts today to speak to lives. Those that are lost, may they come to know you as Savior today. Those that are needing encouragement, help, hope, forgiveness, and many, many more. Lord, would your word this morning through your servant just shotgun across this place and land in the hearts of good soil to bring forth a great harvest. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. And hello to all of you in YouTube land. Um, while you're turning to 2 Kings chapter 6, Many of, you, many of you remember a popular television show from the late 80s, early 90s. I'm, I'm not going to tell you the name of it because you know, some of you may like it, some of you may not. But there were these four ladies who wound up living together in this house in Miami. And one of them was from this place called St. Olaf. And then you had um, one that had her mother living with them and then... You know, I think you know where we're going with this. But by the way, thank you all for being a friend this morning. But at any rate, two of the ladies, one from Atlanta and one from New York, got in the one from St. Olaf's bedroom and found her diary. And they started reading in it, and it really upset them. Here's, the, here's a journal entry that they read that got them really upset. Dear Diary, I don't know how much longer I can stand living with these two pigs. At first, moving in with them seemed like a good idea and a good way to save money, but it's getting out of hand. Y'all know this episode? See, they thought that the lady from St. Olaf was writing about them, calling them pigs. Now, that'd make you mad if you read about yourself in somebody's diary and they referred to you as a pig. Well, long story short, it turns out that she wasn't writing about them. That was a journal that she wrote when she was trying to earn her 4-H pig diary badge. <laughs> Some of you know that show. Um, but any, anyway, 
I want to talk to us this morning about perspective. They, they, didn't have, they didn't have the right perspective when they were reading in her diary. So 2 Kings, I'm going to have a hard time keeping a straight face after using that illustration. I tried to find another one, but I, 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 like, I like that one. 2 Kings chapter 6. Oh, was that me? Sorry. 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm not going to read all the verses 8 through 14, but I want to read verse 8. And then I'm going to kind of jump down to 14. But it says, When the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he sent horses. Now, verse 14, it says, He sent horses, chariots, and a massive army there. See, what had happened was, every time he was going to wage war, Elisha knew that where he was going to be, and he would tell on them. And so the king got really upset. And so in verse 14, it says that he sent horses, chariots, and a massive army there. They went by night and surrounded the city. Now when the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, Oh, my master, what are we to do? Now, let me ask you this. How many times do we look at our circumstances and ask the same question? What are we to do? Sometimes we focus so closely in on the problem, the horses, the chariots, the men, that we don't see everything else around us. So, and you know what? When you do that, it causes despair. It causes stress. It can cause anxiety. It can cause worry. But listen to what Elisha says to him. In verse 16, Elisha said, Don't be afraid, for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Excuse me. And then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked And he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Sometimes we need to broaden our perspective. We focus on the bad. We focus on the circumstance. And we fail to see what God is doing all around us. And when we can do that, when we can do that, we change. We become a different person. You see, a lot of times we pray for circumstances to change, don't we? we? I've done that. We pray for different circumstances when really all we need is a different perspective. And so I'm gonna, I've, I've got a couple of different places in Scripture. I want to try to bring this out. I don't like to jump from one to the other, but I'm going to have to a little bit this morning. So um, we need a perspective that causes us to trust and to love and to put our hope in Jesus Christ. So if you will, flip over with me to um, the book of Mark. Mark chapter 8. This is an experience that every one of us have, has as, as a Christian when we place our faith in Christ. And in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 22, it says, 
I hear your page is turning. I'll give you a second to get there, like any good teacher would, right? I don't know what to do talking without a mask on. I feel like y'all can actually hear me. Mark 8, 22, Then they came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him, to Jesus, and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. Spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people. They look to me like trees walking around. Verse 25, And again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes, and he saw distinctly. He was cured and could see everything clearly. Now, the first thing that might jump in your mind is, why did it take two times for Jesus touching this guy to get him to where he could see? Does that mean that Jesus' healing powers were not really up to par that day? I don't think so. I think that's in here for you and I. Or, I'm sorry, that's in here for you and me. Because that's what happens to each and every one of us when we become a Christian. We place our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. At first, we, we're like this. We don't understand it all. We know, we know something's good is happening, but we see in the middle, but those things on the edges, they're a little fuzzy. Now, the older I get, the fuzzier things get. You can tell by wearing these glasses. But when, when we're just starting out in our Christian faith, should I back up a little bit? Can y'all hear that? It sounds like it could be my old hearing. I don't know. But when we're just starting out, we're like this man who's been healed. We, we've got a little bit of it, but we can't see the whole picture. And then as we stay with Christ and we stay close to him and we lean on him and we trust in him, we study his word, we read his word, then all of a sudden we see it all clear. The fuzzy around the edges that look like trees walking around. It's not trees. We see it. We see it for what it is. And so, it's easy to look at the events. That, and I know, know you're tired of hearing this, but it's the world in which we live, right? All the things that are going on in our world that are horrible and make you not even want to watch the news, not even turn it on. When you see all these things, when you think about all these things going on, the social unrest... The, this virus that's going around, it's easy, it's easy to think all hope is lost. It's easy to think that our country and our world is, is sliding downhill in a handbasket. But, remember, sometimes God will permit circumstances because he wants to be honored and glorified in it. Not saying he put us here, but he knows we're here. He knows exactly where we are. Maybe it's just him wanting us to have a different perspective instead of praying for these circumstances to go away. Some of us, and I say some of us because I'm one of them, I think to myself, is this it? Is this, is this it? Is this what... You know, the Bible talks about these things. The disciples asked Jesus, was it going to, and I'm paraphrasing, but was it going to be like when the end times? And he starts telling them. For those of you who are wondering this morning, is that what this is? And you've made reference to this before. We, we don't know. 
We don't know any more now than we did if this hadn't happened. But what we do know is the Lord's coming back. He said he was. So we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised at all. But let's look at this like people who don't have Christ in their hearts. They can't look at this through a biblical perspective. This very well could be the beginning of the labor pains that the Bible speaks of. And if it is, we know the end. It works out good for us. It's a little scary. I know one time I had a dream when I was a, a teenager. And I live now in the same house I lived in then. I don't think I've told this story to any of you. But in my dream, a storm had, had come, and there were limbs and debris and all kind of things in the yard, and we were out there trying to get it cleaned up. This was my dream, okay? And in my dream, we were hurrying to get it clean because, for some reason unknown to me, we knew that the Lord was coming back, and we wanted to get that mess cleaned up before he got there. And so we're hurrying and getting it cleaned up. And I say we, I don't even remember who all was there, okay? It was a dream. But it was as vivid. I can go to the spot in my yard where I was standing right now when this happened. But we're cleaning up, cleaning up, cleaning up. And all of a sudden, we kept thinking, we've got to hurry, we've got to hurry, we've got to hurry. And then all of a sudden, there he was. You know what happened? My alarm clock went off. I, I kid you not, I'm not lying. How did my brain know that? But in my dream, it was just getting a sense of urgency, just more and more and more. And in that split moment, when Christ returned, in this dream, and my alarm clock goes off, that was so weird. And I can be in the yard, I can be mowing the yard, especially when I pick up limbs. I think of that all these years later. And I think, you know what? Is it any, is it, was it a mistake or was it, was it something else that here I am in the same yard and now we're going through all this? I don't know. I don't know, but I know this. When God's ready for Jesus to come back, he's going to tell him and he's going to come. So should we have a sense of urgency about ourselves? Yes, we should. COVID or no COVID. Social unrest or no social unrest, we've got a job to do, Christians. And I'm, I'm not standing up here telling you this because I'm the one to hold up and use it as, a, as an example. I need this. What I'm saying to you, I need it. Because sometimes my sense of urgency is not what it should be. It's hard sometimes to, to care about things that don't affect you. Thinking about perspective so look with me in, um, well, I'll just read it. It's in, if you want to flip there, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But it's in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 29. I'm, I'm going to move on and I'm going to get on with it. But in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 2 through 4, Moses is, this is when he's renewing the covenant with the Israelites. And in verse 2, it says, Moses summoned all of Israel and said to them, You have seen with your own eyes everything the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to the entire land. You saw with your own eyes the great trials and those great signs and wonders. Yet to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind to understand, eyes to see, or ears to hear. I think about those people, I get so frustrated with them sometimes 
when really they're a picture of me. They saw, they saw firsthand what God did. Well, guess what? I see firsthand what he does for me. I think, well, he hasn't parted a seed for me. Oh, I bet he has. If I wanted to look hard enough and look at it in the right perspective, he may not have physically laid open water for me, but he's parted a seed for me. But he tells them, you don't understand what's happened. So much so that when they thought Moses wasn't coming back, what'd they do? They built a golden calf. They walked across the Red Sea on dry land. They wore the same outfit like the Dukes of Hazard for 40 years, and it didn't wear out. Their shoes, I can't wear a pair of shoes six months without having to go buy another one. I'm not going to tell you why. Y'all watch me walk out of here. You'll figure out why. But could you, I cannot imagine wearing a pair of sandals for 40 years and them look like new. My granddaddy could, but I can't. So sometimes we don't recognize God working around us because we don't have the mind to understand, and we don't have the eyes to see because we're not trying to have those things. Now, I don't mean to sound all doom and gloom like you're getting in trouble this morning. This story has a good ending. But, you know, people say, what good is this perspective doing me? Because I'm struggling this morning. You know, you can stand up there and you can say those things and you can remind me that God's at work all around me and you can give me the examples out of the Bible, but where I sit this morning, I'm struggling. Where I sit this morning, I'm hurting. And what's God doing for me? Where is he at? Well, I got news for you. He's right here with you. See, sometimes we forget that God knows what it's like to be a human being. You know how he knows? Because of Jesus Christ. Jesus was a human being. Jesus still is God. And so because of that, there is nothing that we'll ever go through that God doesn't understand. You say, yeah, but but he he never had my health problem. He, he He never lost a spouse. He never went through a divorce. He never lost a job. He never had family problems. He didn't have these financial problems, and he surely hadn't lived through this pandemic that we're living in. Well, let me, let me tell you this. Here's some good news for you this morning. See, the list can go on and on and on about the things that we're going through that sometimes we feel like everybody else is a million miles away and they just can't understand. The truth is, if we all stood up, and don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to do it, but if we all stood up and were honest in front of each other about the things that we are going through, the struggles that we have, you know what I I firmly believe we'd find out? We're not alone. We're not. We all struggle. We all face some of the same things, but yet we feel like it's not them, it's me. I can look at them and I can tell they're not going through what I'm going through because they've got it all together. I'm pretty good at acting. Sometimes I can act like I've got it all together when when I don't. 
But God knows what we're going through. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authority and against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. You see, we're in the middle of a struggle and a war that we can't see. But God's word tells us, Jesus, that's what's going on, okay? And we're caught in the middle. And sometimes we suffer because of it. That doesn't sound very promising, does it? That right now there's a battle going on to simplify it and to bring it down just between good and evil. There's a battle raging. We play a part in that battle because we're on the side of good. We're on God's side. We're his warriors. We help fight in this battle that we can't see. We do. But then, what did Jesus say? Don't worry about the world, for in this world we're going to have trouble. But what did he say? I have overcome the world. So we need to be reminded of that this morning, or maybe I do at least, that, that whatever I'm going through... Jesus has already overcome. He's already been victorious. And so, I'm going to close with this. I know this has been kind of short, but I don't want to drag it out. How do you get and keep a biblical perspective when times get tough? Number one... You remember what I just said. Jesus told us it's going to be this way. It's no surprise, but he's already overcame. He's already victorious. The battle's already been fought, and it's already been won. So we have to remember that. Number two is, to have a biblical perspective, you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. You can't have a biblical perspective if you don't know Christ as your Savior. So that's step one. Then, after that, you say, well, I've done that already. And it's, it's what do I do. Well, you rely on the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Jesus told Satan shortly after, well, when he was being tempted. Jesus told him when he was hungry, hadn't eaten in 40 days, and Satan told him, said, take this stone and turn it into bread. And Jesus looked at him and he said, man does not live. There you go. But what? But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Did you hear that? We live by that. At least we should. So if we're living by the very word that comes out of God's mouth, we can't help but have a biblical perspective. I don't know who this is. I don't, I, this may just be for me this morning. I don't know what your struggles are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But I'm going to go ahead and ask Barry, if he will come with the song, and Ronnie, if you come to the piano. And Brother Morris, I'm, I'm about to turn this over to you, but I don't know what your struggles are this morning. I don't, that's between you 
and God. I don't know what perspective that you're looking at things through this morning. But I want to do something a little different. I, I want to just say a prayer for all of us here, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brother Morris. So if you will, just bow with me just a moment. Heavenly Father, stir our hearts to be receptive to you this morning and open the eyes of those who are struggling to see you at work all around them. Maybe they need to publicly acknowledge you as, as Lord and Savior or they just need a simple reminder that you're near. And for those Christians who may have become indifferent to circumstances in their life, Lord, remind them and remind us that you're working all around us. Make us all more empathetic to those around us. This is your time. Please move among us on this day. It's in Christ's name we ask. 